In this episode, I'm going to give you the tricks that bloggers are using to dominate Google. We're going to discuss the type of SEO that you can use to turn your business, not just from a hobby, but to an actual full-time business and income. And the last one on this list, it completely goes against what most people tell you to do when it comes to SEO, but it's going to be the leading factor for how you're going to be able to take this blogging stuff to the next level so that you can hopefully eventually replace your income, quit your job, make a few extra bucks, make an extra hundred bucks, whatever you're trying to do. Let's go ahead and dive in. What is up? My name is Chris and welcome to another episode of the Blogger Evolution. Here we talk about building passive income streams that work for you so you don't have to. So if you want help to build those streams, be sure to subscribe to either Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever you happen to be listening to. Subscribe and leave a review or a comment if you do find any uh, value in this episode at all. We really would appreciate it as it does help us to continue making these episodes. So let's go ahead and dive into the 30 little tricks that bloggers use to dominate Google with search engine optimization. Well, first of all, let's talk about what search engine optimization is just so that we can make sure that we're all on the same page. So SEO means search engine optimization. And the one and one thing that bloggers use to make sure that we can dominate Google is what's called on-page SEO. This is where we strategically place words and phrases in different places on our articles or on our websites so that places like Google, Yahoo, DuckDuckGo, Bing, or whoever are able to find our sites when people are searching for those particular phrases. Now, the problem that most new bloggers have is that they have no idea how to do effective SEO. And this usually leads to weeks, months, or even years of lost time by not writing and writing in a way that actually draws traffic from these places. And when we say traffic, we mean organic traffic, traffic from Google, which is one of the most consistent traffic sources on the planet and has been for, you know, the better part of two decades almost, right? Maybe like 15 or so years, but regardless, it's been a long time. But I know a lot of people who write and write and write, and it hurts my heart when I hear that they've been writing for so long. And then I look at their sites and they're writing, you know, what they ate for breakfast earlier that day. Or they're talking about, you know, really difficult keywords that they will never have a shot at ranking for, at least not anytime soon. And that's terrible and a tough uh, existence to be in because you're doing a lot of work and you're literally doing it for nothing. You know, everyone's telling you, well, just keep pushing, just keep doing this, just keep doing that, just for it not to work out. That's not cool, right? It's not cool at all. So that's why I've made it my mission to make sure that people understand the little tricks that you should be using to make sure that your on-page SEO is on point. So the number five thing that you need to be doing if you want this SEO thing to work for you is you need to have proper keyword research. This happens before you even put pen to the paper or write that first word in the article or type that first word in the article, I should say, because this tip is super important. There is no amount of SEO that you can uh, use in order to rank an article that has no shot at ranking. So before you even write the article, you need to go to Google, Google that keyword phrase that you would like to rank for and look and see what's out there. Now, 
it will and can get intimidating to see what's already out there because you're thinking, man, they already got this website. They already got that website. What are they going to really do with what I have to say about it? And to to some extent, that's warranted, right? Because if it's some super high authoritative websites out there, you don't need to write the article. Go find something that's a little bit lower competition. As in, you know, there aren't just ridiculous type websites that are just going to, you know, just stay there and not go anywhere. So I'll just give you an example. If you go, if you Google your phrase and on the front page of Google, you see like, a health line or a big school like a .edu and they're answering the question that is being posed by uh, searching the keyword is being answered pretty sufficiently. There's no shot that your blog is ever going to have a shot at being on the first page of Google, at least not anytime soon. And to be honest, this is where a lot of people fail because they aren't doing proper keyword research before they decide to write the article. And it's just going to lead you to spinning your wheels and thinking that this SEO stuff doesn't work. When in actuality, it works amazingly. You just need to know what you're doing. The next thing that you need to do, number four, is to build authority. Now, there's two ways in which you can build authority. You can take a passive approach or you can take an active approach. Ironically, both ways work. Okay, both ways where you can take an active or passive approach. However, However, one takes a lot longer than the other. So the question would be, what do you have more of? Do you have more time than money or more money than time? If you have more money than time, it's probably best that you do active link building. If you have more time than money, you might want to work on passive link building um, because you need to be able to allocate your time and money effectively in order to continue having the site grow. So if you were to take a passive um, track at trying to build your authority on your site, you would normally do something such as creating really good content. And I know you hear that everywhere. Oh, if you want to have a good site, you got to create good time content. Well, what is good content, right? What does that even mean? Well, good content satisfies the search intent. Meaning when someone Googles a phrase, they already have something in mind that they're looking for. Are you providing that something? How do you determine the um, uh, search intent of a keyword? Google the phrase, look what's on the front page and see what other articles are doing. What are they providing? Are they blogs that are popping up on the first page or are they e-commerce stores that are pop popping up on the first page? Are there medical websites that are popping up or is it other you know, niche blogs from people in their opinion? That all makes a huge difference. Once you've understood the search intent, that means you can create good content. Now, once you've created that good content, over time, those articles are going to start slowly moving their ways up the uh, search engine results page. And by doing that, other people who are writing articles as well in your content is going to also see that content as, you know, if you're answering specific questions, they're going to link to you. And that's how you can get some passive backlinks over time. But as you can tell, that takes time, right? Because it takes the time for you to come up with the article idea to write the article long enough for the article to rank, then for another blogger to find it and create content on it. That, that takes a while in some instances, right? However, you can also take an active approach to link building. And there are a number of ways to take an active approach to your link building. Number one is getting the word out 
on your website, letting people know that this website exists. Usually you can do this by maybe if you have an email list, maybe if you are um, in communities on Facebook groups or Discord servers or whatever, where you can create this content and then give it to them and say, hey, I happen to answer that question right here. Letting people know that your website exists, that can help build you authority, especially if these are other webmasters of their websites as well. They can then link to you to answer those questions. You can also reach out to other places that uh, have linked to other resources before, but not a resource that you've created is better than theirs. That's called the skyscraper technique. You can use that technique to create this awesome piece of content and then go to places that your competitors are ranking for and then try to convince them to switch it to your article. You know, these are some ways that you can go into building authority. There's also digital public relations or uh, digital PR and syndication with other types of uh, places. Um, This is where you can almost jump on trending topics about stuff within your space and then submitting it to the Associated Press or to CNN or to some of these syndicated places. And if your article gets picked up, then it can literally get you hundreds of links in one fell swoop. All right. It's insanely effective because you normally get some really high authority websites that all give you links to your individual page. But you got to learn how to write those articles a certain way. They don't just pick every article. It has to be something good. It has to be something relevant. It has to be something um, somewhat trendy at the time, to be honest. Uh, We just went through the holidays. A lot of stuff that had to do with the holidays were starting to get picked up in a lot of these places and then being shot out. So digital PR, syndication, those is another way in which you can help actively build authority to your site. You can also do this a number of ways um, when you're actively building links. You can do this by front loading your content or your links to your content, or you can backload the links to your content. When you front load them, you're actively going after it. We mentioned before the skyscraper technique, but you can also use Haro, help a reporter out. Um, Quoted, Q-W-O-T-E-D, I believe it is, as well as a place like Ninja Outreach, right? Where you these places connect influencers to other bloggers. That way you can get quotes, you can get links, you can get all of these things as long as you're providing value to each other and being able to get some authority back to your site. Now, that's how you front load it. There's other ways as well, but those are the ways that I'm probably most familiar with. But you can also back load this stuff too, right? You can also do it to where you go buy an age domain that already is in existence, already has all the article, uh, all of the uh, authority that you know a site would have because it's just been in existence for so long. And maybe the site just no longer exists. You buy the age domain, recreate some of that content. That's an argument for another day. But you got to recreate some of the content and then recreate it on your site and then just 301 redirect it to your site as well. Um, another great way that you can backload uh, good links to your site as well as reverse outreach. Now, this is one that was... Um, you know, I was able to find out from Chris over at Niche Safari. Be sure to check out his YouTube channel. Um, but doing reverse outreach is when you have a site and it has some authority to it, people are going to start reaching out to you to link onto your site. And as an exchange, instead of saying, OK, I'll link to you, you link to me, because you don't really want to do uh, direct exchanges like that. But you can say, hey, if you're already writing guest posts elsewhere because you want to write a guest post on my site, you're probably already writing guest posts elsewhere. Why don't you? 
include, you know, a link to one of those guest posts that you're already writing and then link to my site. And then I'll let you do whatever you want on my site. Usually that goes, that does pretty well because that actually saves the person doing the outreach time. And when you respond to, to these people who do the outreach, they're jumping to talk to you because the responses are usually pretty low in terms of um, when you're sending out emails, trying to get in contact with a website owner. So building authority, you know, that we went into a lot right there, but that's another thing that bloggers are doing. Do you have to build authority? I would recommend it, but you can get away with just letting it happen and taking a more passive approach to building your authority for your site. Uh, the number three thing that you need to do is you have to absolutely do this, but you'd be surprised how many people don't, but include the keyword within the title of your article. It gets, we get into this position where sometimes we want to create this beautiful clickable title for an article, but it doesn't have the keyword in there. If this was YouTube, I'd say go for it. But when it comes to Google, you need to put the keyword in the title. This is for relevance. This makes it easier for Google to know what is what your article is about. But even probably even more importantly is when people are Googling a phrase and they see the phrase that they just Googled in the key in the title of your article when they see it on Google, that's probably going to encourage them to click more because that's exactly what they were looking for, right? Exactly what they were looking for. So you need to go for relevance. Um, so just to give you an example, uh, let's see. Maybe you have how to clean a coffee maker with lemon juice. You know, you're going to look for words like clean, coffee maker, lemon juice. Those types of things need to be included in the title. You might want to include how to clean a coffee maker with lemon juice as just the title itself, but you still will want to add some type of intriguing element to it to get people to click. But regardless, this is how Google organizes the data based on the relevance. This is also how people see that when they're Googling, that's what they're looking for, words that they included in their search as well. So we have two more to go over, but just, you know, just to be jam packed with this. Right. Um, this episode has been has had a lot of information in it, a lot of free information, you know, to really get your blogs up and running, get your articles ranked on Google super fast. So if you've enjoyed this at all, please take the time to leave us a rating, leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts or comment on Spotify or a review or something like that. It would really be appreciated and it really does help the podcast grow. So we really would appreciate it. So the next one on our list is to include the keyword in the meta description. Now, this one kind of goes in line with including the keyword in the title. And this is kind of controversial because some people are like, don't include, you don't need a meta description because Google is just going to take what you, it's not going to take what you say anyway. They're going to take their own little snippet and put it out there on the search result. And that's what a meta description is. When you Google a phrase, you see the title of the article that you're looking at, and then you see like two or three lines. That's the meta description. Sometimes Google will override whatever you put as a meta description and put their own thing. But in a lot of instances, they might actually default to the one that you put out there. So I say you should still do meta descriptions. You usually will need some type of uh, SEO tool in order to do that. I personally like to use Rank Math, All-in-One SEO, or maybe even Yoast. Uh, but Rank Math is definitely my favorite. But um, as time goes on, you know, maybe meta descriptions are going to be used less and less as Google decides what to put there, but I will still do it just for good practice. Plus, you don't want to leave any error, you know, because Google might just default to what you have to say on it versus nothing at all. All right. So some teach 
to just ignore the meta description, I say you can't ignore it. Just do it because at worst case, you're giving Google more information about what your article is about. All right. The number two thing that you need to do if you want to, you know, the dirty little tricks that us bloggers are using to rank is use relevant and unique images and video. Now, this is a pet peeve of mine when people have videos and pictures on articles that are not relevant to the article at all. That's opportunity to me because that means I can create a content that does have relevant and unique imagery on it. Um, find things that are going to help the reader make sense out of what you're of, of what they are reading. Uh, don't just put a picture just for the sake of putting a picture. Um, there are free resources that you can use to get some decent pictures. These won't be the most unique pictures, but they will be relevant if you're if you're diligent in what you're looking for. Places like pexels.com, morgue files, pixabay. These are some free resources that you can use. I just warn you, don't just go to Google, Google a phrase, take the picture and use it. That's probably the worst thing to do because these images have copyright owners and you don't want you don't want someone to come after you months or even years later saying that, hey, you use my image and you owe me money. Right. So use these places that are royalty free images that you can take. Um, I will say also be careful of using Canva images. I believe there was some change to their terms within the last year or so where uh you may not be the full owner of the image. So just be careful of that one as well. Um, the best thing, you know, just to kind of avoid all of that, is just to use your own images. If you're already in your niche, you're in your space and you're practicing regularly, there's no you know, reason why you can't just take a snapshot of a picture from your phone here or there just so that you can include it in your blog. Um, that's why I always recommend if you're going to be in a niche, you should be an active participant in that niche as well, at least if it's your first go around with building a site. Um, when you get videos, get videos off of YouTube. The cool thing about videos off of YouTube is that you don't need to ask to take the video. You know, having a share on a video helps out the creator of that video because it's a, it's a positive signal that it's a good video, right? So, you don't have to ask permission. Everything's going to be already there on the YouTube video. Um, but whatever video you do find, just make sure it's clear. It's concise. It gets to the point. It's easy to listen to. It proves the point you're trying to make. But what I will say, be careful because that YouTube video is probably going to have their own agenda. They're going to want people to watch their video and then go and do something they want them to do. So a way around that, create your own video, right? Now, you don't have to do this, but it really does help because it'll make... Um, your website give positive signals to the people who are landing on it and then positive signals to Google so that they know exactly what type of people enjoy your website. And the number one thing that you should be doing to make sure that your articles are ranking really well and dominate Google is to include your keyword in the first 100 words of your article, but then naturally throughout the rest of the article. All right. Now, this is where newer bloggers really mess up a lot of the time. It's because they are over optimizing their articles. And that's really easy to do because you want to rank for the phrase, you know. So, for example, don't say, you know, maybe you want to uh, rank for uh, how to make coffee. You don't want to say something like, so this is an article on how to make coffee. When you are making coffee, if you want to make coffee this way, this is how you make coffee. And then since you learn how to make coffee, this is how you make coffee. That's terrible content, all right? It's it's bad, but you'd be surprised. People do that, and they expect it to rank, but it's not going to. Number one, it's annoying, all right? Number two, Google hates it. They really do. 
So instead of using the same phrase over and over again, just use it one clear, concise time in the first hundred words, whether it's in the first couple of paragraphs or in your first H1 or the first, oh, sorry, your first H2 in that article. Regardless, just put it somewhere. Then only use it naturally throughout. Don't feel that you have to continuously repeat it. Um, if it fits in what you're trying to say, then say it. But also try to use what are called semantic keywords. These are keywords that you can say without talking about what it is you're talking about. So let me give you an example. You can't talk about coffee without including beans or water or coffee maker or filter or something like that. Those types of words is what gives Google context of what it is you're talking about. Another example would be like Springfield, right? If I was writing an article about Springfield, how does Google know what Springfield I'm talking about, right? If you're in the United States, there's like a Springfield in every state for some reason. I have no idea why. But if in my article, Google can see other words such as Simpson, Bart, Marge, Lisa, Homer, things like that, then Google knows that, oh, this article is about the fictitious Springfield town that the Simpsons live in versus Springfield, Illinois, you know, and that's what you want to keep in mind. Use these semantic keywords, words that you would naturally use when talking about that subject. And you're going to give Google as much information as they can to know what the article is about. Um, one way to find these semantic keywords is number one, use your common sense, right? What words would you normally include if you are writing about this content? The next thing that you would use is the people also ask section within the search engine results page. Also scrolling all the way down to the bottom and looking for the related searches. This can give you some indications as to what types of semantic keywords Google is associating your search phrase with and being able to include it in your article as well to get Google the best shot at ranking. Some tools that you can use to help with this. One of my favorites is phrase.io. I'll be sure to leave a link down in the description um, to be able to give them a try or down in the show notes. It's a great, great tool that I pretty much don't post an article unless I run it through phrase. It's going to give you a lot of these semantic keywords that you can include in your article to give your articles the best shot at ranking on the first page. It is an affiliate link if you do give it, give it a try, but it is one of my favorite tools to use. Um, look, at the end of the day, it is tempting to just write words looking for Google to rank you, but you need to do this and balance it with writing for people, writing for your readers. Don't write for search engines. That's going to be the quickest way to probably not do very well with your website. So to get over that, one thing that I like to tell people is write as if you're writing to a friend. Write content as if you're writing a letter to a friend. By doing that, it's going to improve the signals that people have when they land on your site. And by creating content for your audience, Google is going to follow that audience. If they like your stuff, Google will eventually like it as well. So if you help your readers first and improve their experience, the Google algorithm will follow. Now, one of the most popular things that you can do when it comes to building up these websites is by using SEO, but then also coupling it with what's called affiliate marketing. Quite possibly one of my favorite ways that you can monetize a website and make decent amount of money with it. So with that in mind, I want you to go check out episode 73 of the Blogger Evolution, where we had the privilege of interviewing Jason Mills, where he talked about 
a niche site that he started that within nine months of him taking it over was already making over $6,000 per month. That's episode 73. I'll be sure to put some links down in the show notes. So that's it for me. Keep building, keep growing, and I'll catch you later. Peace.